Dear brethren and sisters, we've just read in Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 these words, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This morning, brothers and sisters, with scriptures in hand, we wish to focus upon those words, rightly dividing the word of truth. With this in mind, we would like to sort of pick up the theme in the record given to us in Amos. For there he speaks of the vision which he received two years before the earthquake which took place in the days of Uzziah. This earthquake, dear brothers and sisters, was of great significance in his day. And yet, little is recorded of it in scripture concerning the impact it had upon the nation of Israel and of Judah. And yet the prophet Zechariah is caused to refer to it and to its destructive power. So we read of that event which still lies yet in the future, the words of Zechariah. And it is an event, brothers and sisters, that in God's mercy, in his love and in his compassion, that we shall witness and that we shall be there personally assisting Christ in his great work. In Zechariah 14 verse 5, Zechariah pens these words, The Lord my God, or Yahweh my Elohim, Yahweh of hosts shall come with all the saints with thee. So let us look at these verses in Zechariah 14 and take some comfort from them for what we will see there will take place in this world in the very, very near future. Today, the ministers the leaders of the nations in Europe are gathered together at Brussels to approve Britain's exit from the European Union. And they, the remaining 27 nations, are preparing to arm themselves. And they will come under the Russian sphere of influence that Gugin power of the land of Magog. And they have been positioning themselves, Russia, as the king of the north. And presently, she will develop into a position whereby she will take Constantinople and the image that Nebuchadnezzar witnessed will stand upon its feet. And will be ready to come down 
the Russian hold upon the land of Israel. So Zechariah, in chapter 14, verse 2, speaks after this manner. Paul says, Deity, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth, and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And the feet, his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel, shall reach unto a place reserved. Yea, ye shall flee, like ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Isaiah, king of Judah, and the Lord my God, Yahweh my Elohim, he who shall be mighty ones, shall come, and all the saints, with thee. This earthquake spoken of here in Zechariah 14, this shaking of the land is picked up in Ezekiel 38. For there we see deity unfolding events recorded concerning Gog and deity declares in verse 17 of Ezekiel 38. (coughs) Sorry. And we pick up his words at verse 14. Because we think, princes, to tie these events up together so that we can see what is going to happen presently on the earth is important and it will encourage us in these last days. Ezekiel 38, verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company, a mighty army. And thou shalt come against my people Israel as a cloud cover the land, and it shall be in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. And then, brethren, this is this association of what we've just mentioned about the days of Isaiah and the reference to Zechariah 14, that mountain, that shaking of the land, Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servant the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them, and shall come to pass at the same time, and Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, and my fury shall come up in my face, for in the jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So, 
that the fishes of the sea and the fowl of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall down to the ground. Think, dear brothers and sisters, this is the time when the Russian hordes, the Gogin power, will be devastated. This is what is being spoken of. And this is what Zechariah was looking forward to in Zechariah 14. I will call for a sword against them throughout all our mountains, saith the Lord. This is what will happen. And he says, Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself. And I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters, that this refers to the same events recorded here. Ezekiel 38, Zechariah 14. Those events recorded in Joel 3. And in Revelation 16, which refers to the Battle of Armageddon, that these events are all tied in with the end times of Gentile times, can be no doubt. It's beyond dispute. So, dear brothers and sisters, Although Amos refers to this devastating earthquake in this opening chapter, we need to pick up on the power of the word that lay behind the message. For the lessons are for us. Deity had requested Amos, a prophet who lived in the times of Isaiah, king of Judah, and has taken that event spoken of here, transposed it into the framework of the latter days, when Judah are back in the land. For the scriptures speak of the Jews who are back in the land as Judah. And those who are in the diaspora are referred to as Israel or Jacob or Ephraim. So, Focusing now our thoughts on deity in this first couple of chapters of Amos, Amos addresses the peoples of Damascus, of Gaza, of Tyre, of Edom, of Ammon, of Moab, and of Judah. And then deity directs his attention to Israel. He told those other nations exactly what their sins were and what their punishments would be. And now it comes to the primary message, the primary message which concerns Israel. They had departed from the Lord their God. Think on the intensity of the words. The third chapter, the chapter we read a day or two ago. Hear the words of the Lord has spoken against your children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. 
Can two walk together except they be agreed? Think, dear friends and sisters, if deity could utter these words concerning his people Israel, saying, O children of Israel, you only of all the families of the earth I have known, what might he say of us? Would he not recognize us as part of that family of God? If deity could say of Israel, O children of Israel, you only have I known of all the families of the, of the earth, therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. What might he say of us? Think, dear brothers and sisters, if deity could say to Israel, O children, you only have I known of all the families of the earth, therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. And he continues, Can two walk together, lest they be agreed? Dear brothers and sisters, the whole purpose of this last statement, Can two walk together, lest they be agreed? Consider it for a moment. Consider. It's with reference to Israel. Could they walk together unless they were agreed? It has one purpose only. One purpose only. It is placed here to cause us to reflect upon the events which took place in Eden where fellowship with deity was ruptured where our first parents failed to give glory to God, when man set himself up as God. For, said the serpent, he shall become as gods, doing good and evil. And they chose to follow its advice. So, dear brothers and sisters, can two walk together unless they be agreed? It is a question of fellowship. A question of fellowship. Then follows the warning given in verses 4 to 6 of Amos 3. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord hath not done it. For those who trust in the Lord, who see the signs around, who hear the trumpet blowing, who witness the stirring of the nations, then there is no need for them to be afraid. For Amos continues, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Dear brethren and sisters, if these words of Amos be true, if they speak of our times, then we ought to witness the hand of God working amongst the nations of the earth. Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. The signs which we see in the earth 
witness to the testimony of our God. There is little importance to the signs being in the Word of God if we as Bible students, if we as sons and daughters of God fail to read and to study His Word and to recognize the signs and be able to apply them to the nations as deity intended that they should be and that we should be able to do it. To what end then might they have been given if they are, if they are beyond our ability to discern the signs of the times? Deity has placed on record in scriptures the emblems, the heraldry, the symbols the nations would choose to use. That we, the children of God, might be able to identify these nations by the heraldry, the emblems, the symbols they would choose to use. Deity has used the mould of prophecy into which history is poured. History is poured into the mould of prophecy. And we using scripture should be able to see the outline of the mould and observe prophecy being Fulfilled. We should have that form of confidence in the Word of God. Look around you. Look at prophecy. Ask yourselves Are we living in the last days? Can we be sure of this? How long did deity intend this epoch to last? Are we there yet? Yes, Israel could look to their times. They could look to the deliverance by deity from the hands of Ashdod, Samaria and Damascus. But equally, they could look to their destruction for Amos's cause to write to take up a lamentation against Israel as we read in chapter 5, verse 1. Hear ye this word which I take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel is fallen. She shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land. There is none to raise her up. And with some, within some twenty or thirty years of these words being spoken, Israel would fall into the hands of the king of Assyria. Nevertheless, deity had made that last ditch appeal unto his people. Seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba, 
For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. Seek the Lord, and he shall live, lest he break out like a fire in the house of Joseph, and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Just think, dear brothers and sisters, Deity says to his people, Seek not ye, seek not Bethel, seek not the house of God. At least, not at Bethel. For they had made it a house of idolatry. Nor were they to enter into Gilgal, or Gilgal, for Gilgal ought to have reminded Israel of their first camp under Joshua when they circumcised the men of Israel and the rolling away of the approach of Egypt and the renewing of the covenant made by deity with Abraham and there they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month, at even in the plains of Jericho. These were the points which ought to have surfaced as they thought upon the words of Amos. But neither were they to pass to Beersheba. This was the southernmost point of the land of Israel and Judah. Beersheba would have reminded them of the well of the sevenfold oath, which was so named after the seven ewe lambs, which was set aside by Abraham as witnesses between himself and Abimelech. After that, Abraham had dug this well in the land and where Hagar was also caused to wander with her son Ishmael after Abraham had sent her away. But also Beersheba would be the last stopping place before they would go back into Egypt. And all this was stated, for says deity, Gilgal shall surely go into captivity and Bethel shall come There could be no escape for the evil which they perpetrated. Their sins had caught up with them. Deity would correct them in measure. Thus deity counsels them, we read in verse 14, Seek good and not evil, that ye may live, and so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you, as ye have spoken. Hate the evil, love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Think, dear brothers and sisters, think, This lesson, which comes to us time and time again, 
seek good, not evil, that he may live. This, dear brothers and sisters, is the lesson of Scripture. It is embraced in the first commandment as pronounced by our Master, as given through Moses. The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And Jesus continues, And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. And Jesus said, If ye love me, do my commandments. He says here, There is no greater commandment than these. Such was deity's disappointment with his people that he caused them to descend into captivity. They became servants of the Assyrians. They went down into Haran. The stop over which Abraham, Abraham made when sojourning with his father Terah from Ur the Chaldeas. It was the idol worshipping centre of that civilization. It had not changed. But deity was sending his people back into that land which Abraham, or Abram as he was, had left behind. Deity despised their feasts. He refused to accept their whole burnt offerings and their cereal offerings and regarded not their peace offerings. All the service which they provided for deity. He rejected them outright. It was unacceptable to the God of heaven. But among these offerings, there's one notable offering that is missing. It is the sin offering. It appears to have fallen from off their list of offerings as if they were without sin. But deity corrects their misunderstanding when he declares that judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. Have he offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years? O house of Israel! But ye have borne, carried aloft the tent or tabernacle of your Moloch and shun your images, the star of your God, which ye made yourselves. Yes, 
they had created images which they worshipped. Indeed, even today, such image worship continues to be performed by those who claim to be devotees of God. Therefore, says deity, will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. This, dear brothers and sisters, was the outcome for that generation. Nevertheless, Amos closes his prophecy with the words when deity would raise up a tabernacle unto David, when he would plant his people in the land. This, dear brothers and sisters, brings us to the present day, when our Lord and Master will return to the earth, when he will establish God's kingdom in the land, when he will sit upon the throne of David, when he will rule the world in righteousness. We, dear brothers and sisters, we are living in the closing times of the, of the Gentiles. Jerusalem, surely, is free from Gentile domination. We can truly expect our Lord at any time. For we will come when we least expect it. We mentioned, dear brothers and sisters, the fellowship which Adam and Eve had with deity at the beginning. And now we take these emblems, these emblems which represent the body and blood of Christ, remembering that we have been washed and cleansed from sin in the waters of baptism, and acknowledge that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Therefore we come with reverence before the throne of grace, seeking mercy, forgiveness for our imperfection through our mediator, our Lord Jesus Christ.